This podcast is sponsored by FortuneFavors.ie. FortuneFavors.ie is a home workout equipment store and your one-stop shop for all home gym equipment. They are well known for their adjustable dumbbells, which combine 15 different weights in one dumbbell. They have both 24kg and 40kg adjustable dumbbells. Check the link in the bio of this episode for more information. Hello and you're all very welcome along to yet another episode of the GA Statsman podcast and I hope you all can be wonderfully well. My name is Matt Hurley and on today's show I welcome on Aaron Maher from GA Fan TV once again this week to preview the last weekend of the Allianz Football League and the weekend of the Hurling League semi-finals. And for football it's very interesting because only 8 teams out of the entire 32 counties or teams, let's just say London aren't really a county, but eight of those teams have nothing to play for this weekend. The other 24 have everything to play for. And it's brilliant to see. It's going right down to the wire and we absolutely love it. We'll also be previewing the hurling semi-finals between Cork and Kilkenny. And Waterford against Wexford all of this episode. And briefly as well, Westmead against Kerry in Division 2. And the relegation playoff between Offaly and Antrim. Just before we get into the preview though, I'd like to remind you all of our sponsors today at fortunefavours.ie. If you use the code STATSMAN11, you could get 11% off any order on the fortunefavors.ie website. So that code is STATSMAN11 and you've got 11% off. Now without further delay, let's get into the preview. So welcome back to the podcast. I'm here with Aaron Maher from GA Fan TV to discuss this weekend's games. Uh, I was supposed to do a preview, obviously, last week, but fed a bit under the weather, so... um. Long time no see for um, people watching or viewing the podcast here, but um, we're back in action and back with um, a bang this weekend. I suppose, first of all, Aaron, how are you keeping yourself? Like uh, the last week of the Alliance League, the league is really flowing, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been brilliant. Yeah, I'm keeping well, first of all, Matthew. Um, yeah, thanks very much for, for having me on your your podcast as always. Um, yeah, I suppose it's great to, to have the last weekend of the, the Alliance National Football League. I was only saying on my own stream there earlier, um, this is probably one of the, the first national football leagues I can remember. Obviously, last year it was a shortened season, so almost everyone had something to play for on the final day. But in terms of it being a you know an A-team tournament per league, like almost every county has something to play for, like other than what down in Division 2, Galway, Kerry, you know, almost everyone has something to play for. And I think that's um what makes it really, really exciting. And um yeah, it's obviously disappointing. I think Dublin and Monaghan's the game that's been shown on TV. And I, I think maybe there's another game on the TG Cahar app. Um, but yeah, I suppose a bit disappointing that a lot of the games we won't get to see them. But um, nonetheless, it should make for a, a crack in a weekend of football. It should definitely. And uh, I suppose we've been saying that earlier on. There should be GA go and uh, all that. But um, unfortunately, as you said, there's only... Two football games being shown, which is a real shame. Uh, the first of the games being shown, we're going to talk about first your own county. Dublin going to Monaghan and Clonus live at TG Carr at 145 on Sunday. Basically, the winner of this state has a chance of staying up, but the losers are gone. Yeah, I mean it's 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 all to play for, really. I mean, it's it's all on the line. Like I think um 
you know, it's now or never for both of these two counties. It's kind of crazy. Like Dublin have won their last two games and looked in brilliant form, but yet they're still joint bottom, which shows you how much they had to do. Like they really did have to win all their three games, remaining three games after that Kildare defeat. Um, and it definitely didn't look likely, um, to be perfectly honest. But no, they've looked very good. They were brilliant against Donegal. There's definitely been a, a lot of improvement um, in the last couple of games. Brian Howard looks very good. Three points the, the last day. Um, you're seeing the improvement of Sean Bogler, who I think has been exceptional as well so far this year for Dublin. And Tom Lahiff is really nailing down that other uh, midfield position. So from a Dublin perspective, a lot of positives. I definitely wouldn't get carried away yet and start saying we're going to win the All-Ireland or whatever. You know, still think we've a lot of work to do if we come up against some of the top dogs like Mayo, Kerry and even Armagh. Because defensively, we've still been quite weak, conceded eight goals so far this year which is unlike Dublin when you think they're usually quite solid defensively. Even last year when we lost to Mayo, we didn't concede a goal. So there's a lot to work on still defensively and there's still players to come back from injury like Owen Merchant and Robbie McDade and these lads. Obviously, they were back in the last day, but in terms of building a consistent run. So, yeah, a lot of positives from a Dublin perspective and from, from Monaghan, they're, they're a very weird county altogether they seem to win when you least expect it and then lose when you expect them to win so I don't really know what you're going to get from there but I'd be confident enough anyway that Dublin would, uh, will, will pull off the win Yeah it should be a very interesting game like Monaghan it's an interesting one because they didn't expect to stay up last year against Galway and Galway going into it were probably the much better team and then Monaghan somehow stay up like is that the fear going into this game as a Dublin fan the unpredictability of this Monaghan team maybe yeah like that's the only thing I was thinking of as well like it, you, I would be a bit worried if it was a close game going into the final couple of minutes and I'd be worried if Dublin started messing around maybe in the final 10 to 15 minutes and started playing it from side to side and just took their foot off the gas and, and maybe thought the job was done and maybe allowed Monaghan to creep back in that would be the worry because Monaghan as you said very unusual county at times Um, when they look B they seem to come back out of nowhere and produce big performances and you know, like, for example, when they beat Tyrone in the Ulster Championship, I think, in 2018, they then went out and lost to Fermanagh a week later. Um, I think that was 2019, actually. So they're just very un- a very unusual county at times. They seem to just have awful results, um, followed by brilliant results. So, like, beating Donegal and then going out and get trashed by Kildare. So, um, yeah, like, Conor McManus obviously been brilliant this year, um, as always, like, shooting the, the lights out. But... I think if you can keep him quiet and you can sort of nullify what he offers, I think you go maybe 60 to 70% of the way of actually stopping Monaghan. So, um, yeah, I think as long as Dublin stick to the game plan, stick to what they're good at and don't mess around and don't be silly, I think they should have enough. But as you said, yeah, there's a bit of a, maybe a bit of a worry there to Monaghan. You just don't know what you're going to get from them and maybe they could surprise Dublin at the same time. Interesting with Dublin, actually, because a few weeks ago you were on the podcast, I think, uh, Match Day 2, and you were on other podcasts on GA Fan TV yourself. You were saying Dublin are a crisis. A lot of people are saying they're a crisis. Now, after winning two games against Tyrone and Donegal, two in a row, in fact, is the crisis averted or is there more work to do? I still think there's a lot of work to do. It's definitely not crisis um, averted, definitely, because they still, you know, still conceded two goals against Donegal. Um, still looked quite all over the place in uh, in in different times of that game. Um, conceded, I think it was you know one you know Paddy McBurty hit one five from from play as well. So probably not the best marking job there from our defenders. So definitely a lot still to work on. 
defensively um, and then maybe game management as well, which would be another sort of concern as well, even in the Tyrone game. Although Donegal, we always looked very, very comfortably and it was definitely a lot better. So, you know, we produced those four, four performances, which were horrendous for a reason. Um, you can't erase them. They were still only this year. So still a lot of work to do. You know, if we won the opening three games and then lost the remaining four, you know, everyone would be talking about Dublin going, going into a, going into the championship in a crisis. So, you know, it's definitely, um, it's definitely not averted, but maybe it's not as bad as what I thought and what other Dublin fans thought. And maybe we didn't give Desi Farrell and the team the credit that they probably do deserve because, um, you know, to come back as well. And if they do avoid relegation, I think it is a brilliant achievement because there aren't too many counties that lose their first four games and then go on to avoid relegation. Yeah, I think I said this before the podcast. Like, um, if Dublin win this weekend, they go on six points. The last, te- the only team to finish on six points in Division One to still look, go down was Cork in 2016. So it's very unlikely to go down, but still, there is the danger that Donegal, Tyrone, and um, the other team, you know, so I forget who it is, um, could win all their games, and then they'll be on seven points, and Dublin will still get relegated. So, would that be a bit unfair in Dublin, or could you have no complaints? Yeah, I, th- I think we couldn't have any complaints really. I think if that's how it goes, fair enough. I think Kildare is the is the other yeah, team yeah. as well against Mayo. Um, so look, I, I don't think there can be really any any complaints if that's um if that's what happens. You know, at least at least on a. I think the main thing really is for Dublin is just produce. You know, I've even said before, if Dublin were to go down to Division Two, it's not the biggest deal in the world. It's not the end of the world. But I think you go down fighting, you go down showing spirit, hearts, determination, and showing the quality that we've seen from Dublin down the years, rather than, you know, against Kerry and Armagh and Mayo, Kildare, where it just, we looked beaten really going into the final 10 minutes and we were never really leading in those games, never really in those games. So I think once there's, um, you know, some positivity there, I think that's the the most important thing. And if results go against Dublin, which would have to be a lot of results, obviously, like if we were to beat Monaghan, you're talking about Kildare having to beat Mayo and then also... Um, you're also speaking about Donegal having to be Armagh and Tyrone beating Kerry. Like that's a lot of other results to to go against you. So um, I think a win should be enough. But if we win and still got relegated, then no complaints. I think um, maybe it will be a lesson to be learned for Desi Farrell and the Dublin management team if they stay on next year to start the league strong because you can't give yourself too much to do. Otherwise, you know you could be caught in a in a big race. And overall, you'd back uh, Dublin to the hills and win this game and uh, potentially surviving? Yeah, I think so. I think they just have too much pace and power for, for this Monaghan team. Um, I think they're better around the midfield as well with Tom Lahiff and uh, Brian Fenton, who's definitely, Brian Fenton's definitely come back into his former self uh, in the past couple of uh, couple of weeks. And Cormac Costo, since he's come back in as well, like he scored eight points in his three games he's played this year, he's been very, uh, very good. He's definitely, we've looked at a different team completely since he's come back in the team. Um, and even if I remember back in the Armagh game before he got injured, he was looking really good before he got injured. He scored three points. So, um, yeah, I think Dublin will have too much and uh, and should win it by four points, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Dublin should win it as well, maybe three or four points. Like uh, Monaghan have survived before, but I don't know, will they... Again, will the fight be there? We'll have to see on TG Carr on Sunday. Uh, the next three games are actually not televised on any platform whatsoever. I think you're split screen at TG Carr or something like that. Fintan O'Toole was saying that. Uh, how do you actually feel about that? Do you think all the games should be televised or do you think at least 
at least two or three of them should be. Yeah, I mean, ideally, you'd love all of them to be televised. I mean, as a fan, you'd, you'd love every game to to somehow be possible. Obviously, it's it's maybe it's not possible um, to get cameras at every ground or, or whatever, but they should at least have two or three, really. It's a bit ridiculous, really. Like, it's, you know, final day of the league season, so much on the line. And as you said there, like, a, a, the, the other game must be in Division 2 that they're showing, but... Um, yeah, it's just very disappointing. It just doesn't really make much sense. You know, you're talking about Kerry and Tyrone. Like, I think, you know, if that's on any other weekend, RT, uh, TG Carr, they're all over that and they're showing it. Um, and usually they'd show, you know, what, two, three games per week. Um, you know, obviously it's different on the last day because every team has to play at the same time, you know, which makes sense because it keeps that excitement there. And I think it's the right thing to do. But the same time, I don't understand why RTE can't show a game, um, TG Carr can't show a game, and then maybe there's a game on the website, or maybe they put games up on GA Go just because it's the final day. So, yeah, a little bit unusual, disappointing, but um, what can you expect, really? That's kind of just been how it is throughout the entirety of the league, and it seems like they're, they, they, it nearly feels like they don't want to actually show us games. Um, maybe they're happier with that, which, again, doesn't really make sense from a business standpoint, but I don't know. I suppose not much really does with the GA at times. Yeah, it's a strange one. All right, I thought uh, GA Go would actually increase the amount of income coming in for the GA, but clearly they're they're not interested whatsoever. Um, one of those three games, it's interesting both sides of the table. Donegal against Armagh, it's in Letterkenny, uh, one forty-five. Obviously not televised anywhere. Donegal in the relegation scrap. Armagh could potentially get to a league final, but. Yes, Donegal, it's interesting enough for them to see if they survive or not. But for Armagh, like, getting to a league final in Crow Park, this would be big for this Armagh team, I would think. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, considering they were, a lot of people had them as a team to potentially be relegated um, at the start of the year. Like, I felt like they always had the quality to survive, but I definitely didn't expect them to be, you know, ahead of Dublin and Donegal and these teams and be in with a chance to get to a league final. It would be huge for their fans to get a day out in Crow Park. It would definitely mean more, I think, for Armagh to be in a league final than uh, Mayo and even a Kerry. Obviously, those teams are looking at All-Irelands. So, um, it'd be interesting to see how Armagh approach the game because they are playing Donegal in a couple of weeks' time as well and Bally Buffet in the Ulster Championship. Um, so, you know, will Kieran McGinney want to play Rian O'Neill for this game and, and are the big lads like... You know, it is a bonus to get to a league final, but I do think the most important thing for Armagh really is Ulster this year. Um, and that Donegal game is so important because if they beat Donegal, they then play either Cavan or Antrim in the semi-finals. Um, and I think at a minimum, they need to make a final, Armagh, because if they don't, you know, there's going to be that statistic again of every county getting to an Ulster final before them since they last won it is going to be mentioned and people are going to be discussing Kira McGinney and definitely don't think he should leave or anything like that, even if they do lose to Donegal in the championship. But it just adds more pressure and they clearly have a great team and it's now about the time to produce. So, um, you know, that's why I actually think Donegal will probably win this game because I think they have a lot more to play for. There's a lot more on the line for them in this game. Um, and I think for Armagh, it's probably an element of shadow boxing maybe where they don't want to, you know, show their hands too soon. It's interesting with Donegal, actually, because uh, I have some scores from play here from Division 1. And in the top four, Donegal actually had two players, Paddy McBrearty on 2-9 and Conor O'Donnell on one eleven. Like, their players are seeming to do well without Michael Murphy, but apparently the analysis are saying, anyway, that Donegal, they don't know their plan. 
they don't know whether to defend or attack. Like um, losing the last two games as well, that could be an issue for Donegal despite their forwards doing so well. Yeah, it is a weird one, all right. I mean, like, yeah, like the, defensively, they've definitely been a lot weaker maybe than uh, you think they would be. Like against Dublin, they were cut open time and time again. I think Dublin should have had a few more goals. I remember Brian Fenton had a chance and hit the side net and then Dublin had a lot of chances in that game. Toronto had goal chances when they played them as well. So, yeah, Donegal seemed to be maybe... Yeah, it's a weird one with them at times. Um, you know, maybe when they fall behind, their game plan kind of goes out the window or maybe, um, you know, Declan Bonner is just trying different things out would have been in the in the league. Um, maybe he feels like, oh, we, we don't have a lot to play for here. Maybe he felt like maybe he wasn't looking over his shoulder at the potential relegation scrap. But um, yeah, like as you said, Paddy McBrearty has been brilliant. I think 217 in total, 2-9 from play. Um, Connor O'Donnell as well has been brilliant you know still have Oshin Gallon maybe to come back in there as well and then with Murphy yeah it's a weird one like I think his best position is the way they play him already like sort of in the half forward line and then when he kind of drifts into midfield but you've seen when they, he was up a full forward and he caused a bit of havoc for that second goal so it's a weird one at times with, with Murphy um, you know they don't really know where to play him and a lot of people are saying maybe they should play him closer to goal but then you lose them kind of, you know, further in the pitch. So um, it's an interesting one. But um, I do think ultimately, although Donegal have struggled at times this year and been inconsistent, they're still big contenders for, for Ulster, no doubt about it. And, you know, they'll be looking at that Armagh game in Ulster, big, big game. You you, you win that, then, you know, you, you should be beating a Cavan or an Antrim and then you're in an Ulster final. And then Donegal have a good record in Ulster finals, other than 2020, of course, but... Um, so, you know, you, you definitely can't hit the panic stations yet. Clearly, you have a lot of quality. Caelan McGonagall, Michael Langan as well. They're missing players, so um, still a lot of quality there. But defensively, they do seem to be, uh, there does seem to be a lot of weaknesses there and maybe a lack of organisation at times as well. And I suppose uh, that defensive weakness throughout the league campaign, like if they lose this game, they could easily go down considering Kildare's points difference. And all that as well, the teams around them, like Tyrone could go to a Kerry team playing for nothing on the day and win as well. So, um, Donegal, when you look at all the permutations, like if they lose this game, that could be huge in going down to Division 2. Yeah, it'd be a bit of a disaster really for Donegal if they went down. I mean, it's not, maybe not a disaster in terms of, they, you'd see them bouncing back from Division 1, but like they've never really been in a relegation battle at all. And I think most people who are looking at the games this weekend aren't even considering that Donegal could actually get relegated. I think a lot of people are actually forgetting that they could get relegated and they're probably just thinking, oh, they're already safe because they've sort of always been safe. But, you know, I don't even think they were in the relegation zone at any point in the entirety of the league. So if they did go down, it would just be, it'd be a bit of a mess, really, um, considering at one stage in the league, I think there were five points ahead of Dublin and, you know, Dublin could now be, well, a point ahead of them. So, um yeah, a lot of uh, maybe definitely some concern there, all right, um, for them to go down. But again, it's one of them things where they could lose and avoid relegation at the same time as well, depending on other results. Um, and there's probably a lot of results that needs to go against them for them to avoid relegation. Uh, and they de- they definitely have an easier fixture, in my opinion, than both Kildare and Tyrone, who are playing obviously Kerry and Mayo respectively. So um be tough for Donegal, but I, d- I do think they'll have enough. So you'd be backing Donegal to win this game, would you? 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think by three points. Um, if you you know in that opening Ulster game, I think a different story. I'd probably fancy Armagh, but I do I do think Kieran McGinley might rest a little bit. Uh, players, I know obviously they're going for getting into a, a league final um, and all the rest, but I just don't think that's a huge priority. Um, you know, obviously they want to build momentum and they'll want to get one over on Donegal. Um, but I just don't think it's the big aim, the big objective. I, I think they'll be more looking at that Ulster game and saving themselves for that. And there might be some shadow boxing and they won't want to give away tactics, all the rest. So, um, and I just think Donegal as well will want to produce for this game. It's a big game, matters a lot for them. Um, and at home, Letter Kenny, yeah, I think they'll do the job by three points. I think it'll be a point either way, in my opinion. I think could even be a draw in this game. Uh, I'd probably go Armagh to win it, though. I just think a league final, I know there's the argument they have to win Ulster, but a league final would be absolutely huge for their fans, big for their players. Like Reno Neal, for example, has only played in Crow Park once in his career. Like, if he plays there a second time, that could be big. But um, we'll have to see, I suppose, on Sunday. The next game in Division 1, also 145, is between Kildare and Mayo. This game is on in Park, Sean McDermott. Uh, you might think it's Mayo's home ve- venue for this game, but... Obviously, still McHale Park is under construction, so it's in Leitrim. So, would this game be fair to say that it's a neutral venue for this? Yeah, like it does. It does appear to be that way, and you kind of forget that Mayo, uh, that McHale Park has obviously been under construction, and that was kind of in a lot of people's thinking. Maybe at the start of the league, maybe we're thinking could Mayo maybe struggle with the fact that they won't be playing at home. Um, but they've made big, big use of it, you know. And that's the thing with Mayo; it kind of doesn't matter really where they're playing. Um, they seem to find results. They seem to find a way to, to win and, and, and get big results in the league so far this year. So, um, yeah, like it's, you know, but it probably doesn't make that much of a difference. It's a, it's not like it's not like Kildare have been at that ground quite a lot in the last couple of years or anything like that and would be very familiar with it. It would still be sort of an advantage to Mayo. It's obviously closer to Mayo as well. So they're definitely going to get more fans there than Kildare fans. It's probably further to travel for Kildare than Mayo is, uh, depending on what part of Mayo you're going to. So, um, yeah, I don't think it will make too much of a difference, really, um, in my opinion. Yeah, it should be interesting to see, all right. And uh, both these sides actually have the two top scorers in Division 1, Jimmy Hyland and Ryan O'Donoghue. Jimmy Hyland's actually mm. scored more from plays, the second top scorer from play, in fact. Like, um, about Jimmy Hyland, like, does this campaign in the league Propel him as one of the best players in Ireland, in your opinion? I think so. Yeah, he definitely has to be in the conversation given his uh, his his current form, and even when you look at like in the past as well. Like I think he was the 2018 Under 20 Footballer of the Year when they won that All Ireland. So clearly, he is a very very talented footballer. And um, obviously, it was 2020 when he started to break through. You could see some some talent there. You could see the signs, and you know he's still young as well. I think he's only like 23, 24. So. You know, he's kind of slowly coming into his prime now. And yeah, like what, 212 from play this year, 229 in total, I think. I mean, that's quite extraordinary, really incredible. Um, and you think when Kildare have been going up against, you know, tough teams as well. And, you know, you know, maybe he doesn't get the service that maybe a David Clifford would get or maybe a Ryan O'Donoghue would get with brilliant players in behind them. Um, so, yeah, I think he definitely has to be in the conversation. And um you know, you could arguably say the best player in Leinster maybe at the minute. He could be, actually. He's a very talented player and uh, very talented for a long time, definitely. And uh, I suppose, look, at Kildare scoring 24 points the last day. Jamie Hyland did score a lot in fairness to him as well. But when you look at Dark here runs there, Daniel Finn actually went off injured, so there's not much of a reliance on him. Like, 
is that a good sign for Kildare, even if they do go down on Sunday, that they do have players to step up other than Hoyland and Daniel Flynn? Definitely, yeah. Like they're showing, they're showing that fight and spirit, and that's why I said on my own podcast earlier as well. I could kind of want them to stay up because they've shown so much fight. I feel like they deserve it. You know, they've done, they've proved a lot of people wrong. You know, to have five points on the board, I think, is a a very good achievement. Um, unbeaten at home as well. They played some brilliant football at times. Um, they had a lot go against them in the summer as well with Jack O'Connor leaving. But they've done brilliant. And, um, you know, Derek Kirwan, who's obviously come back from injury, like scoring five points, I think, the last day as well. You know, what a player he is. We've obviously seen him with Nace and, and how brilliant he is. And I think for Kildare, you know, even with Daniel Flynn injured and maybe he's, you know, coming back at some stage in the next couple of weeks. But, you know, to have that option there as well, where you could bring a Flynn off the bench, you could bring a Derek Kirwan off the bench. It just adds a different dimension to Kildare's attack and it's um yeah like even Paddy Woodgate as well probably doesn't get mentioned enough like I think he scored 15 points in total this year um and he's been brilliant since, since coming back in there so I mean they're getting scores from everywhere and you know maybe defensively in midfield isn't as strong as you know a Dublin maybe um although Dublin have looked very bad defensively this year as well you know, but I think Kildare will, you know, they're going under the radar and I don't think they'll beat Dublin in the Leinster Championship if they play each other in a semi-final or final, but it's definitely probably the closest that anyone's felt that they could beat Dublin in the Leinster Championship probably since 2010, 2011, maybe. Yeah, some very good uh, vibes around Kildare at the moment. And uh, Mayo, same as Armagh, they're going for league final as well this game. Like you say Armagh would rather the Ulster Championship game against Donegal, but Arkley as well, Mayo are going to a game against Galway, the first round to the Connacht Championship. So would that be an indicator that Mayo would rather, um, you know, folks at the Connacht Championship more than Armagh? Because Mayo have been in the league final, of course, um, down through the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's a hard one, really, because I, I do think that. Like, I think they'll definitely want to save themselves for, for Galway, definitely. Um, but I think at the same time, they will want to build a bit of momentum, I think. And I think that's why they might go a little stronger for this game than they did um, the last time out against Tyrone. Um, because I think as well, like when you've obviously got, um, you know, a, a league or uh, you've got a big game like, like coming up against Galway and, you know, they, ha- they haven't obviously, you know, they, if they lose this one, they'll be going into this game with three, three straight defeats, um, you know, which is a bit, of, a bit of a negative way to go into a big rivalry game. And Galway, on the other hand side of things, could be flying. Like if they beat Ross Common and then beat Derry in the final, be full of confidence, they'll be up for it, um, you know, and, and, and who knows? So I think for Mayo, they will, they will want to finish on a high. And um, I do think they'll, they'll definitely turn it up a bit more in this game. And I'm sure, they'll, you know, some of the lads who were involved in that uh, 2018 game, the Newbridge or Nowhere, like this is obviously the first time these two have played each other since. So um, I think Mayo will want, maybe those players will want to turn up for, for that game as well. And being at home, um, I can't see Mayo losing, but I, I wouldn't, I, I feel like a draw here is quite likely. Yeah, we really can't uh, predictions for this game in the next question. But um, I wanted to ask you this as well, because it was announced to team earlier that Aidan O'Shea is going to play centre-back again for this game against Kildare. He played centre-back against Tyrone and it clearly didn't work. I was watching the game on Saturday night. Um, it was a bit unusual him there. Like, What do you think of Aidan O'Shea centre-back? Do you think it's a good plan for Mayo to go forward or do you think like, it's a plan that's going to ultimately fail? 
Yeah, I mean, you don't know. Like, it might, it could work maybe in the long term. Like, sometimes it will take maybe a player a couple of games to settle in there. Like, maybe it's not going to happen straight away. You've seen even with the, with John Conlon, for example, in the Clare Hurlers when he was playing at centre back as well. Um, you know, like it took him, a, a, like, I remember at the start of the league, he struggled and then it took a while for him to set in. Um, so it could work maybe further down the line, but the early indications, obviously, having watched him against Tyrone, is that it probably isn't working. And, it does kind of feel like maybe a bit of a token gesture in terms of trying to get O'Shea into the team by any means necessary without really knowing if he can actually play there. Um, it's a bit risky as well. Like, I, I don't think you do that against Galway personally. Um, so, you know, if you're going to try something like that, why not try that at the start of the league? I don't know why you'd start trying it now, like when the league's nearly over. So, yeah, it's, it's a weird one, really. I don't know, maybe, is he short players in that position? Are there injuries? And obviously, you still have Paddy Durkin to come back and um, maybe Owen McLaughlin at some point as well. Um, uh, maybe yeah, Stephen Cohen. But yeah, I don't know, like because I feel like they're fairly strong in that sort of position anyway. So I don't really know why they're trying Aidan O'Shea out there. I think I think you need, you know, Aidan O'Shea isn't the captain anymore. I think it's uh, Stephen Cohen now from, from what I know. So yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really know. Like, I feel like Fred O'Shea just needs to be on the bench and make an impact off the bench. Um, I feel like that's the best role for him at this this point because Mayo were playing better when when that was the the way. So, yeah, I don't know what James Horn's playing out there, but we'll we'll have to see over the next couple of weeks and definitely one worth keeping an eye on. It could be a master stroke further down the line. You don't know, but at this moment in time, anyways, it doesn't really look like um, the best decision. Doesn't really know. I see him against Toronto, didn't look good. And even him coming off the bench, I thought was actually better for Mayo. And they should have mm. kept us on, but clearly they didn't. And James Horn is trying something different. But for this game, you'd probably go for a draw, would you? Yeah, I think a draw because I think I think Kildare will they'll you know they'll start very strong um, and probably build up a bit of a lead, and then Mayo will will maybe fight back or, or vice versa. I think um, I just think with what's on the line for Kildare, they'll really really go at this. A lot of the games have been very close as well. Don't you know they haven't received any hammerings or anything like that? So I think they'll push Mayo very, very close. Um, but at the same time, although Mayo aren't at home as such because they're playing in Park Sean McDermott, but I still think they'll have enough not to lose. Um, and I think with the way um the other with Donegal beating Armagh, it'd be enough for Mayo to, to get into the league final. Yeah, it's a different one to call, all right? But um, I don't know, I, I fancy Kildare this game. I have a slight feeling that they'll win it because. Mayo might focus on the Galway game. They might take their eye off the ball. Nate O'Shea, as we mentioned, they're centre-back. I'm not sure if that's sustainable for Mayo. And um, we'll have to wait and see, I suppose. Will Kildare pull off the shock and survive? Uh, the last game is Kerry against Tyrone. Obviously, Kerry are playing for nothing now. They believe finally next week. Finally, Jacko can rest some players. He hasn't done so in quite some time. And Tyrone, they're fighting off relegation. And for the other the champions to go down, that would be a bit of a disaster for Logan and Dewar. Yeah, it'd be a big surprise and definitely something that we didn't, um, we wouldn't have seen coming for uh, for Toronto. Definitely, like it'd be a huge surprise considering obviously what they achieved last year. And yeah, it's a weird one with Toronto. I don't really, they just definitely don't look right. Like even in their win last last week, although they were much improved and hit eleven points, like they're just not scoring that much. I think they've the worst attack in um, in Division One. I think maybe Down have a worse attack than them um, in the in the in the entire league. So. It's a weird one with Tyrone. They just don't really seem to be motoring well. Like you're seeing players opting out, like Tiernan McCann and Lee Brennan, and you know players getting sent off and indiscipline. They just don't really seem to be at the races. And 
going away to Kerry as well. I think Kerry will be fired up, up for this one as well. Um, don't know what's going on there, but yeah, I think Kerry will be fired up for this one as well. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I, I'd fancy Kerry to be perfectly honest with the with the quality that they have, but um, you know, for for Tyrone, I think they'll they'll definitely want to turn up for this one, no doubt about it. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one now with Kerry because they're obviously playing for nothing. No, they have a league final next week, and but let's be honest, like Munster's not going to be a challenge this year. Cork look as bad as ever, and then on the other side, they're hardly going to beat Kerry. So the two games that Kerry have now, this game against Tyrone and the league final coming up next week, will those two games stand to them going into um, an inevitable all the quarter final? I think so, yeah. I think for Kerry, like, it's an interesting one with Kerry because I don't really expect them to... I think they'll rotate a little bit for this game, but I don't think they'll fully rotate because I think at the same time, as you were saying there, like, the court game is obviously still a bit away and, you know, they like, realistically, they probably don't need to be at 100% or, you know, 80 to 90% against Cork. I know they got caught against them a couple of years ago, but you would surely fancy Kerry to have enough to, to come through that game. Um. And still a while away from all our quarterfinals and that kind of thing. So this will probably be their last real competitive game until probably a, an all quarter quarterfinal and um, possibly a semi-final, depending on who they get. So um, I think for Kerry, like I just think they'll be forward up for this one, really, after what happened last year with the whole COVID thing as well. Um, and it's interesting because I think Kerry of the best defence in Division 1, Toronto of the worst attack. So... Um, I think looking at it from that perspective, I think um, I think I think Kerry for me should uh, should win this one. Should be an interesting game, right? And uh, you look at David Clifford scoring like him. I just think he got an all star last year and he probably didn't deserve it, but this year he's performing excellent. And nobody's really talking about. They're all talking about Jimmy Highlander, Ryan O'Donoghue. Do you take the same? Like he scored four fourteen from play this year. Like that's some going still, even for a player like David Clifford. Yeah, it's incredible, really. Like, you, you don't think he can get much better, and then he does. Like, and he comes off the bench against our man, scores 1-2, and you, you nearly feel like he was there for the entire game. You know, it's, he's, he's getting statistics that you get off the bench that you get from Martin. Um, and even when he came off the bench against Sonny Gall, he got a goal as well. Like, he just, he's continuously improving. Like, I suppose, what, he's only 23, 22. So, like, he's not even at his prime yet. Like, he's a few years probably away from his prime. So, he's going to improve. He's going to get better. and um, yeah, he's a special, special talent, even as a Dublin man to admit it. Like, you'd have to say he's probably, um, he could definitely be one of the best footballers of all time. Like, he'll need to add all Ireland's and all the rest to be in that conversation because it is important to win trophies and win the big honours. Um, he doesn't want to be another one of those players that's on, you know, the best players to never win an All-Ireland list. So, um, but... Looking at the way he's playing, if you can, like he, he he's generally always producing the big occasion for Kerry, anyways. As long as his teammates can, I think that I think they'll definitely have a few All Irelands to their name at some point. Yeah, he's a superb talent already. Like four fourteen, and nobody's really talking about it. I found that pretty strange, even as a Cartman. But he's an absolutely unbelievable player, no doubt about that. But uh, you'd be fancying Kerry to win this game despite them playing for nothing. I think so, yeah. Like, uh, like David Clifford didn't start the last day against Armagh, so I suspect that he'll start this time around. It's a while away since the for the for the court game. Um, maybe you'll see Paul Ganey come back in there as well. And the thing is, is with Kerry when they've rotated their attack and they've made changes to their attack, like the, the levels haven't dropped even when you're bringing a Jack Savage in or a Dara Moynihan. So, um, yeah, I just think Tyrone. 
they're just not doing enough in a, in attack as well. I think the Kerry defense will will be able to shut them out. Um, and yeah, I think I think it'll be relatively comfortable for Kerry to be honest. I think it'd be five or six points. Yeah, saying that now, I I probably have to fancy Kerry. It's in Calary as well. Tyrone don't particularly have a good record down there, but um. According to your predictions, anyway, you'd be predicting Tyrone and Monaghan to get relegated and Mayo and mm. Kerry to play the league final next week. Like, um, look at the campaign overall. Do you think that's fair? I think so, yeah. Like, because I think even you look at Tyrone's wins, like, they probably weren't exactly brilliant against Kildare. I know they had a couple of players missing in that game. And, um, yeah, I think I think it is fair when you look at Dublin beat Tyrone as well. Um, so, you know, they, they've obviously lost against a lot, you know, they lost against Donegal as well. So, They've lost against a lot of the teams below them. Um, so I think it probably is it is fair. And for Monaghan, they've just been far too inconsistent. You know, only one win in the league, two draws. So, um, yeah, I would say it's fair. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a very interesting weekend of uh, Division 1 action. Um, next, we're going on to Division 2. And uh, the game, you said um, that could be live at Division 2. It is live at the TG Car Rap. It's between my own county, Cork, going to Offaly. That's the game live at 2 o'clock on Sunday. Relegation dogfight, whoever goes to lose this game is basically down to the Talton Cup and the uh, draw would be enough for Cork in this game. Like, um, this should be a very interesting game. Like, Offaly lost heavily to Roscommon last week. Cork finally got a win against Down, but only by four points in the end. Yeah, I mean, it was a big win in the end, I think, for, for Cork. And I know, I think Down had a couple of goal chances as well. Um, So... For Cork, I think the main thing really was just the results. I think that's the main thing at this stage. Forget performances or whatever. I think once you get the results, you stay in Division 2. And then I think at a minimum, then you can just build for next year and sort of write off this year in the league. And then if you lose, well, we would suspect you'd be beaten by Kerry in the in the Munster Championship and then in the qualifiers or whatever, uh, if you avoid relegation. So, yeah, I think the main thing really for Cork is just win this. This is almost like... A, it's not an all Ireland final, obviously, but it's just a huge, huge game because um, you know, to be got to be going down to the Talchin Cup as well and, and losing to Offaly, like with not, with all due respect, it'd just be, you know, a massive sort of regression for Cork and be very tough for them coming back as well, looking at some improvements from some division four counties and and everything else. Um it'd be an interesting game. Like I think only Carlo have a worse defense than these two. Um and I think like Offaly have shown a lot of fight in all their games. They've showed a lot of spirit, determination. They've battled very hard and done a lot better than a lot of people expected. I think a lot of people thought like Offaly would be the team like down to be cut adrift, to be relegated easily. But fair play to them. They've done really, really well, um, even with some injuries as well and some things go against them. So Offaly can take a, a lot of credit. Um but I would probably fancy Cork, to be honest, just with their attack. Like, I think their attack is slightly better than, than Offaly's. Um, and I think if they're at it, and Stephen Sherlock is, I think they should have enough. But um, you just don't know a Cork, and I'm sure you know. You just don't know what you're going to get with them. So, Yeah, exactly. Like, um, people like Pat Spillane was praising us, actually, League Sunday for getting the win. But when you were actually at the game, like, the defensive errors we were making were comical at times. And, you know... Like Offaly with Noel Matnamy, with um, Jack Bryan potentially playing with Bernard Allen, like they could get goal chances in this game easily. I think Corker conceded a goal in every single game this year, so that's not a good sign. And if we keep making defensive mistakes, and the likes of Daniel Mann, he's gone to Dublin now for placement, Sean Meehan's over the year, there are two main defensive players. So with them players missing and the amount of mistakes we're making as well, that has to be a worrying sign, despite 
or attack being much better than Offaly's? Yeah, I think so. Like, and um, even though like you've seen Offaly score, I think three goals against Galway, I think it was. So, like, they do have a good attack, and even bringing Anton Sullivan off the bench has has done very well. Um, and they seem to have a lot of options in in attack, a lot of different scores, and a lot of different games. So. Yeah, that would be a worry. And would it been a home for Offaly as well? You know, the fans behind them um, in Tullamore or wherever it is, you know, I think they'll be up for it. It's a big game. You know, it's, it'd be a big scalp for Offaly as well to turn over a Cork. And like, obviously, Cork, a big traditional county. So um, for Offaly to go and beat them and turn them over would be huge. Um, and the amount of confidence would give to Offaly as well going into that Leinster Championship. Like, they could be, you know, one of those counties that could cause a, a shock or two maybe somewhere. So, um yeah, I think they could definitely cause problems for Cork, and that would definitely be the worry. You know, will Offaly take those chances? I think that that you know that could be the deciding factor of the game. It could be, uh, like um, actually, Down had more scoring chances than Cork the other day. They had thirty goals, thirty chances overall. They only took thirteen from them. So, like a better team would have maybe put Cork away that game in Parky Key. But um, even looking at the attack, like Cork's attack isn't too bad. We had a 77% conversion rate or something like that. And add to that, we have the top scorer in Division 2 at the moment. It's Stephen Sherlock with 127. Like, do you think he gets enough praise after coming back from the bars? Like, let's not forget, he was he missed the first two games for Cork due to being involved with his club. Yeah, he probably probably doesn't, to be fair. Um, you know, like he, he probably gets a lot of praise maybe from Cork supporters, but maybe from the whole country, maybe because of the fact that we obviously don't get to see the vast majority of the games and very little coverage on Allianz League Sunday and they, they, they don't really mention them. So, um, yeah, he probably doesn't get the, the credit he deserves and he's been very consistent all year, obviously, with the bars and then coming back in for Cork, he's been brilliant. And you'd kind of wonder, like, obviously, he wasn't with the Cork footballers last year, I don't think, or or anything like that or the year before. So you kind of wonder, like, where would they be this year without him? You know, um, they'd probably be already relegated. Maybe they would have lost every game. You just don't know. Um, so to get him back in there is a huge uh, addition to Cork. And he's been excellent. He's been brilliant and um, definitely doesn't get the, the credit he deserves. I think 127, I think, in total or something like that. So, I mean, phenomenal footballer. Brilliant footballer, right? Um, I can't believe he hasn't been involved in the Cork team for two years or so. He's a brilliant player and uh, we're lucky to have him if we didn't we could be done already you never know but um, despite Offaly being at home you'd fancy Cork to win this game and finally survive in Division 2 I think so yeah I think they just have a bit more going forward Um, their attack is a bit better like I think only the top three in Division 2 actually have a better attack than Cork which tells you they are good at going forward with Stephen Sherlock Brian Hurley or Mark Crone and all these lads like I think, think they will have enough Um in my opinion. Awfully, you know, let's not forget they're quite weak defensively as well. So I think Cork could exploit them there. Um, the only thing is, I think Cork could be their own biggest enemy and just, you know, collapse and, and allow Offaly. So you wouldn't be surprised with either result here, but I think Cork maybe narrowly by two points. Yeah, I'd, I was backing Offaly after the own game straight after that because of our defence. But I just can't see how we lose this game. Maybe a draw. I think that's a fair... Um, hmm. prediction to make I think a draw over Tullamore wouldn't be too bad for Cork we stay up and um, but for Offaly again I think you said it on your channel if they go down it's not the end of the world they'll probably go back up again they're good up and coming hmm. side so um, best of luck to both sides I suppose and trying to stay up uh, the next game involves two Connacht rivals in Roscommon and Galway another game not being televised I don't know why to be honest 
It's a big promotion game here in Dr. Hyde Park. Galway already up. They're focusing on the league final next week and Mayo later on down the line. Ross Common, though, win this game and they're back up to Division 1 once again. Yeah, I mean, a huge. And what's interesting, if Ross Common do go and, and beat Galway, they'll actually play them again in the in the league final, Division 2 final. And then, you know, who knows if Galway beat Mayo they could end up playing each other in a Connacht final. So it could be, you know, one of a couple of meetings of uh, of these counties. And um, yeah, like Roscommon, you know, and what's interesting as well is like with the, you know, there's only three counties who are unbeaten in the entirety of the league and Roscommon and Galway are two of them. So um, yeah, look, fair play to Roscommon. You know, I'd imagine it can't be easy when you're continuously being promoted and then relegated and going up and down, up and down. And, you know, they, they seem to get their heads together in Division 2. They seem to get their act together and, they definitely seem to have found that balance between defence and attack. Like, um, I think there's the second best defence in the in the entirety of the league behind Derry, but they've been brilliant going forward as well. Like with Donny Smith and Connor Cox, uh, and the Smith who's been brilliant as well. You know, Carl Hennehan's a good player to bring off the bench. So, um, yeah, I, I'd fancy Ross Common maybe narrowly just with the fact that Galway probably um, again it's kind of like that similar thing where. Armagh, where I don't think they want to give too much away. I heard Conroy suspended. I think Shane, well, rumors that Shane Walsh and Comer might be injured as well. Um, and even if they're not injured, if they're carrying any slight, slightest of a knock, I don't think Joyce risks them because, like, what are you risking them for um, when you've got a big game against Mayo in less than a month? So um, I'd fancy Ross Common, but Galway have definitely improved quite a lot over the last couple of weeks and, um, you know, best attack in the whole league. So, you know, it'd be interesting. It's interesting that you mentioned Roscommon. They're getting the balance right between defence and attack. And even I look at Roscommon, and I've said this way before on my podcast as well, they had the likes of Donny Smith, Connor Cox being one-man teams throughout the years. But when you look at their forwards now, you mentioned Colin Heenan, Key McKeown's another one, Key Doyle coming on and getting a point in uh, one of their games, getting the winning points. You look at Connor Cox, Enda Smith and Donny Smith are all in the top 10 scores in Division 2. So that has to be a real positive brand to you going forward into the championship. Absolutely, yeah. Like, and obviously in the Connacht Championship, they're on the easier side of the draw as well. And you never want to discount Sligo, Leitrim, or London, or whoever, New York, whoever goes through to that semi final. But realistically speaking, it is going to be Ross Common. Let's let's be perfectly honest, because you know Sligo, Leitrim, although they're improving, probably just aren't at that level just yet. I think it's Sligo actually they should play in that semi final um, in, in Connacht. But you look and look, they're in a kind of final then, you know, they'll fancy their chances, um, you know, they'll be riding the crest of a wave, momentum, all the rest. Um, so they've definitely improved and um, maybe last year they were too defensive. This year they definitely seem to have found more of a balance and they've an experienced team as well, a team that has won Connacht Championships, that has got over the line on big occasions. So, um, yeah, I think I think they're going well and, and they're definitely going under the radar, I think, in most people's eyes because I think a lot of people look at Roscommon as like, oh, well, we've seen them do this before in Division 2. We've seen them kind of be promoted and be around here before, but um, they're one of those teams that isn't going away just yet. Yeah, it's very interesting to see how Roscommon develop, but uh, for this game, we'll be back with Roscommon despite Galway doing so well so far in the league. Yeah, I think so. Like, I know Galway do have the best attack in the league and they've even shored up a little bit defensively in the last couple of games, which has probably been their weakness. But I just think with, with obviously a league final coming up for Galway and the Mayo game as well, I just and a couple of injury suspensions, I just think Ross Common will be more up for this. It'll be at home. 
Um, there's a lot to play for here as well for Ross Common. So yeah, I think they'll win it by two. Yeah, I'd probably have to back Ross Common as well. Like uh, God, we have to focus on the Mayo game and the league final, of course. That could be a big trophy for Porridge Joyce moving forward as well. Uh, the next game, well, we both predicted a Ross Common win, so ultimately it would mean nothing. But still, if Ross Common managed to slip up, Derry could take that promotion spot against me. That's in part Talton. Like, uh, Mead have improved over the last few weeks, but you still have to fancy Derry to win this game, considering what's on the line. Yeah, I think so, definitely. Like, I don't think Mead have anything to play for at all. Like, they're there with six points, so nothing um, nothing on the line for them. And, yeah, as you said there, I think Derry... Um, yeah, it was definitely a weird game for them last week, like, to concede 4-11. Like, as we were saying, the best defence in the league, statistically speaking, which is, um, you know, so... The fact they conceded 4-11 and they still have the best defence shows you how good their defence actually was and probably shows you how good Galway's attack is. Um, but yeah, Mead are improving, like back-to-back wins. Um, you know, Harry Hogan looks like a good finding goal and Jordan Morris um, is starting to, you know, frequently score again and he's been, I suppose, one of the leading forwards really for Mead over the past um, past couple of seasons. So, um Mead will take a bit of confidence, you know, they're going under the radar a little bit, maybe. Um, wouldn't expect them to do anything, you know, crazy in Leinster or anything like that. But I think the positive signs for them is it was looking really bad, you know, at one stage. You were thinking Talchin Cup, Division 3. They've steadied the ship and, you know, they can. They don't really need to worry too much about this game and focus now on on the championship. So, yeah, you would, you would be expecting Derry to win comfortably enough, even, even though they... They um, maybe struggled last weekend. It's interesting with Derry actually because uh, before the game, I think they only conceded 42 points. They didn't concede one goal in Division 2 before the four goals went in against Galway, obviously. So, um, like they were facing a brilliant Galway team that could be considered all early contenders. Is that probably a side that Derry, they are improving beating Carr, Clare so well, but then they come up against Galway and fail miserably? Is that a sign that they're not there quite yet? Yeah, it could be. Like I think I think with Derry, it's always there's always obviously been a lot of hype around them in the past two years, but we've ha- we haven't seen them too much against top quality teams. Um Donegal last year, and to be fair, they played very well, you know, they were beaten by a by a point. They drew a Ross Common this year. Um so it's one of them where, you know, if they if they get up to division one, they'll get that exposure to playing the top teams, playing the best teams. I mean, they wouldn't have won a lot of their games as convincingly as they as they did. Um, if they weren't a good team. So they clearly are a great team and they're not overhyped, in my opinion. Um, but maybe they aren't. You know, we've, we've seen people kind of saying, you know, they might turn over Throne. And look, Throne haven't been great either, so they might. But at the same time, you know, it maybe might be a bit premature. But I, I, I think the Galway result might be a positive, though, at the same time, though, because it'd be a bit of a reality check for them. You know, Rory Gallagher will will look at that and think, look, you know, you, you can't learn until you make mistakes. And Derry are a team that just hasn't been making too many mistakes in the past year because of the teams they've been playing. So that'll be something for Rory Gallagher to work on and for Derry to work on. And, you know, I think they might look back at that result as a positive, although it might hinder their relegation or their promotion. Um I think they I think in terms of championship, maybe in terms of the development of the team, I think they might look back on it um as maybe a turning point. Yeah, I'd probably say Derry to win this game as well. Like, it should be very interesting to see how, what TB put out as well because they have an Insta Championship game, obviously, coming soon. But uh, you'd have to fancy Derry to potentially win this game and uh, hopefully, if 
for their sake, they'll go up uh, the last game in Division 2. We'll go through it briefly down against Clare. Down a relegated Clare have nothing to play. Well, they could mathematically go down, but it'll take a series of um, really crazy events for them to go down. So, like, um, you'd expect maybe Clare to win this game, but it's a nothing game at the end of the day. Yeah, it is a nothing game. And I think, I think you know, the only way that Clare can finish on the same points as Cork and Offaly is if Cork and Offaly draw. And then I think Clare have a much better score difference. So I think I think they'll, they'll be perfectly fine. But um, yeah, it's been a weird one with Clare. Like they're, they're on a run of three straight defeats, four without a win. A um, little bit inconsistent in the last couple of games. Obviously, uh, very close to beating Mead. Like it was only a point in it. Maybe on, on another day, they could have uh, seen that game through. And I think the Clare goalkeeper was messing around with the ball and the final few minutes there. So um, you would ex- you'd suspect them to win this game. Like down are just a bit of a mess at the minute. Um, they're just a bit all over the place. You don't really know what's what's going on with them. Players not committing and um, under twenty footballers not wanting to play with the senior team and everything else. So they seem a bit all over the place. So yeah, I'd, I'd fancy Clare by three. Yeah, I'd probably fancy Clare even more than that because uh, I seen Tone the other day like um, they were worse than us and that. That kind of says something to be honest. Uh, they didn't look good attacking wise. Defensively, in fairness, they looked okay, but. Still, if you don't have a good attack, like you're hardly gonna blow down trees, as they say. But um, according to both of our predictions, we predict Godway and Ross Common to go up, and then Offaly and Down to go down. Fair assumption. Yeah, I think so. Like I think, um, yeah, I think I think Cork should have enough to turn over Offaly. Um, that would probably be the one I'd be more wary of, to be honest, just given the fact that um. Cork, you just don't know what you're going to get with them. But yeah, I think Ross Common will, will will have enough to beat Galway. I mean, look, Galway definitely have the quality to beat Ross Common. I think if those two play each other in a conic final, I think Galway win it. But and I think it's likely Galway win the Division Two final uh, against Ross Common. But I just think in this game with the, with the injuries, suspensions, all the rest, it's probably the perfect time for Ross Common to to get Galway in their own backyard. Yeah, definitely. Division 2 uh, final day should be very interesting. And uh, speaking of interesting final days, this Division 3 campaign has been the craziest campaign we've ever seen nearly. And um, two particular games um, could decide promotion. Loud, you would say, are up. We'll talk about them later against Wicklow and the relegation dogfight because Wicklow are involved in that. But two games for the promotion dogfight. Antrim against Westmead at 2 o'clock in Cargan Park and Limerick against Fermanagh in the Gaelic grounds at 2 o'clock. Like, um, Limerick in the driving seat so far, but if Fermanagh managed to beat Limerick, that's an opportunity for Antrim and Westmead to take over. Yeah, it definitely is. And, and Antrim obviously playing at home uh, against Westmead in, in Corrigan Park, where they have a, a brilliant record. And um, I think only Derry and Roscommon have a better defence than uh, than Antrim as well, which probably shows you just how well they've done, you know, statistically speaking. Um They've done very, very well defensively. And yeah, I think regardless of win, lose or draw for Andy McGinley and Antrim, I think they've had a brilliant, brilliant year, you know, to, I remember they were struggling in Division 4 for a while and they were struggling to get out of there and they couldn't really, you know, they were getting heavy defeats and you were kind of wondering where they were going and, you know, not many people backed them to come up from Division 4 last year and they did and a lot of people backed them to get relegated this year from Division 3 and they're up there potentially, you know, with a chance to play Division 2 football next year. So, um, I think Antrim deserve a, a lot of credit, um, you know, and Ryan Murray's been very impressive as well. I think he scored 16 points so far this year. So, um, yeah, like Westmead are just very inconsistent. One win in their last four. So they've just been a bit all over the place, really. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd fancy Antrim, to be honest, to, to win this game. And I actually think they'll be Cavan as well in a couple of weeks' time. 
be interesting to see. You predict Andrew to win the game, but the other question, do you predict Limerick to get the job done against Fermanagh? Like, I know it's a home game, mm. but Fermanagh do have Sean Quigley and Kieran Corrigan and all them, and they could play a tactic that could be hard for Limerick to break down their defence. So it's going to be a very interesting point in a few minutes for both games. Yeah, the, the, I mean, this is a very hard one to call. Like, it's, it's yeah, I mean, this could be a draw, maybe a narrow win for Limerick. I think Limerick at home, but what's at stake? They might win it by a point, but it's going to be very close, um, no doubt about it. Like, and as you said there, like with Sean Quigley, like I think 429 this year in total. I mean, that's an extraordinary tally really to to have. Um, and for Mana, just very unu- like, unusual county. Like, I think their score difference is zero. They've scored and conceded the exact same, which is kind of bizarre. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think Limerick maybe narrowly, but it's a very hard one to call it. It really could go either way, um, but maybe just Limerick. Be very interesting to see. Um, I'd probably back Limerick myself as well at home. Like, um, you'd expect Limerick won't throw it away at this point. And then after the relegation battle, well, uh, there's uh, two games four teams, but one of them, obviously, you would say is going to go up loud. They're away to Wicklow. Like, a word on load, first of all. Like, Sam Roy's done excellent. Mickey Hart getting him from Division 4 to Division 3, potentially to Division 2, though. That's a superb um, job he's done there. Yeah, and it's in a similar fashion, I suppose, with, with Antrim as well. Like, you know, if they were to achieve, if loud, you know, go up, it's back-to-back promotions, which is a huge, huge achievement for loud. And, yeah, you know, a lot of their games have been very close as well. You know, one point wins here and there, two, three point wins. You'd wonder like, is that tactical knowledge? Maybe a Mickey Hart, maybe he's making little adjustments in games or making little changes, tweaks. And, and maybe that's kind of given loud, maybe that extra five to 10% um, that could see them through. And as he mentioned with Samuel Roy, yeah, it's incredible, really like three forty six in total this year, um, averaging nine points per game, which is incredible. Um and like when you add up his total scores, it comes to 55. And even we were speaking about down, I think their total scores is like 66 or something like that. So you think of it like Samuel Roy's nearly scored more than down, like in more than an entire county. So it really shows his um his quality, really. And yeah, um, you know, what what a year for Loud and and fair play. Like hope, you know, they only need a, a draw really to get the job done. I think they'll they'll get at least that, anyways. And judging by that, well, I predict uh, no win or draw in this game. That would be Wicklow would go down. Then it goes down to this game. Two lengths to rivals, Leash against Longford. It's in O'More Park. Leash are on five points, Longford are on three. But if Longford win this game, Longford could relegate Leash to Division 4 due to head-to-head record. Like, you wouldn't back against Longford considering what they've done in the past. Yeah, you definitely wouldn't. And Longford are just you know, a bizarre team, like very inconsistent. You look at their wins in the last couple of years, like beating Tipperary and beating Westmead, you know, they've got some big results against big teams or teams maybe that they, that people would perceive they wouldn't be able to beat. But, you know, losing to Wicklow last week was just a bizarre result um, at home as well, like a huge defeat that's really put them in a very awkward position now going into um, this final, you know, the, the, this game away to Leash. Um, and Leash as well. Like, I mean, they started the league well, got to an O'Byrne Cup final before that. You know, Gary Walsh has looked good at times with 224. Mark Barry looks like a good addition up from the under 20s. But yeah, it's it's a weird one for both of these two counties. But I think Leash have definitely got the better quality and the better team. Longford's unpredictability kind of makes you think that maybe something might happen here. But, um, I just think Leash maybe narrowly by a point, especially being at home. 
Um, I think they need to produce here because to be relegated would just, you know, back-to-back relegations would just be a disaster really for Leash. It would really be a disaster considering even O'Carroll is also another forward up there as well. Like um, up the scoring charts and for Leash to go down would be just a disaster considering Billy Sheen seemed to be going, doing a good job and now that could be going down the drain but um, we'll have to see on, some, on Sunday I'd predict probably a Leash win as well but We'll have to see. And uh, going on to Division 4, before we get into the games, though, this is so bizarre because, um, well, disregarding Carlo Wexford because that is no, no, no relevance whatsoever, but Cavan Waterford's at 6 o'clock on Saturday, Tipperary London's at 7 on Saturday, and Sligo Leitrim's at 1 on Sunday. Like, all these sides are playing for something. Like, if Tipperary beat London and Cavan beat Waterford or draw against Waterford, that Sligo and Leitrim game on Sunday suddenly turns into nothing. Yeah, that's what I was saying to you earlier. You'd almost think maybe there's a, an imposter working inside the GA or something, and maybe they they want to, I don't know, maybe they're 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 trying to reduce the income that they might make or whatever. Because you feel that a lot of people, like Sligo and Leitrim fans, maybe if they see the Tipperary beating London, I know they want to support their team and they should support their team either way. But you know, I know Sligo and Leitrim are neighbours, but still quite a way for Leitrim fans to travel to Sligo, and maybe maybe they might think, oh, well, the promotion's off, it's not going to happen. So maybe a few of them might decide, you know what, we might leave it. So it doesn't really make any sense at all. Like it's harsh on um, the managers as well, on the players who commit so much. Like I don't understand why they've, um, I can understand why they moved the London game because apparently I think um, there was no flights or something like that on Sunday evening or something like that. Apparently that's why they, they, they've moved the game, but I don't understand why you don't move all the games. Like if you're going to move the Tipperary London game, at least move the Sligo Leitrim game as well. So, um, maybe there's an issue there with headlights or, or something like that. I don't really know, um, or floodlights, I should say. Um, but again, I, I thought it's a weird one. Yeah, I don't really know what they're at. Like, it just doesn't really make any sense at all. And you feel bad for both Sligo and Leitrim because you would expect Tipperary to beat London, and you know then the Sligo Leitrim game is just a dead rubber and. It shouldn't be that way because all the other divisions have all their games taking place at the same time. So why are Sligo and Leitrim being treated differently? You mentioned floodlights there, Mark Fitzpark. I'm not sure what the situation is at that stadium, but still, you could even push um, all them games at three o'clock on a Saturday or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, I don't know why the GA don't stick to common sense, really. Like, um, they haven't done so in the last few years. And with all the complaints from League Sunday last Sunday and all through the week, You'd expect it to be changed, but we're at Thursday now and it still hasn't been changed. It's ridiculous. Yeah, no, I, I, to be honest, I, I don't really think they have, uh, you know, they like a, a someone who maybe checks on all these things or sees what people are saying. I feel like they'll maybe just make a decision and then go about their business and not really look at what people are saying or care about it. And, you know, they can probably get away with it. And that's the sad part, really. Um and yeah, it, it, yeah, as you said, like just baffling doesn't really make any sense at all. Very confusing, and you feel bad for you know both managers and the players and everyone associated with Sligo and Leitrim, the fans, because you know they they should have their moments. Um, but unfortunately, um, because of scheduling or whatever, and yeah, I, I don't know. It's a weird one. Like even the Cavan London game, for example, was at twelve o'clock on Sunday, um, last week, and. Yeah, I, I don't know what they're at with these times. You know, it's just it doesn't really make sense. Doesn't really know at all. Like, um, we hope it'll be changed. It probably won't be. We're two days before the weekend now, so it's going to be pretty hard. But um, even look at some of the games like Cavan against Watford. Cavan only need a draw to go up. Both 
I was hearing from Tommy Rooney actually Watford B cabinet in 2008 to deny him of some promotion or something like that. So could mm. history repeat itself? Or I heard John was saying the it was a disgrace their performance against London the other day. If they lose to Watford at home here, that's an even bigger disgrace for this cabinet team. Yeah, it definitely is. Like, and I do think they actually are safe because they've a better head-to-head record than Sligo and Leitrim. So I think even if they lose this game um, with 10 points on the board, I think they, they already are promoted. But as you said, yeah, like I think regardless of, of that, I think have a need to put in a performance here because, yeah, like I don't know what they were at away to London. Like obviously the game was at 12 o'clock, so maybe they're out the night before or something like that. You know, would it would have been London? Um, you, you just don't know what happened there. But yeah, it's a weird one. Like a lot of their games have been very close. They don't really like, I think Gerald McKernan is their top scorer with 10 points, which again, isn't a big tally and they're not free scoring for a team that's in Division 4 so. Um, you would be a little bit worried. I think they need to put in a bit of a performance here and, you know, start, you know, up in the ante a little bit because I know they'll obviously have the Division 4 final to come as well in Crow Park and that would be good for them. But, you know, that Antrim game isn't too far away and let's not forget they lose that during the Touching Cup, which I think a lot of people expect they'll end up in anyway. But um, I think losing to Antrim, considering, you know, Antrim, you know, considering where either county were at a couple of years ago, it'd be a huge shift and a huge turnaround so um, yeah I think for Cavan it's, it's hugely important they produce a big result here Definitely uh, you'd expect Tip and Cavan to go up but uh, judging by Division 4 we'll have to see what happens it, it'll be a very big roller coaster ride there um, I suppose we'll move swiftly on to Hurling now um, two league semi-finals between Cork and Kilkenny and Wexford and Waterford before we get into these games though there was a bit of a discussion last week with Ursula Jacob and Jackie Searle and I kind of feel the same about this do you think the league is kind of meaningless and hurling? I know in football, there's the Talton Cup and Division 1 games, Division 2. They're all really competitive games. But in hurling, the edge doesn't seem to be there so far. Yeah, it's just very hard to get excited about it. Even myself, you know, I definitely watch a football game over a hurling game at the minute. Whereas um, when you're looking at that round robin and hurling, you always want to watch that because it's just very, very exciting and there's a lot to play for. And yeah, I, 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 maybe they should look at rescheduling it or maybe not, re, you know, changing the league or, um, or or something like that because they sort of already, you know, with the round robin in there, they kind of nearly already have a league, um, two leagues already. So I don't really know what the, what, what way they do it. Um, like, I don't think they should get rid of the league because it is a competition and, um, you know, they still have the league in football. So it makes no sense to get rid of it and hurl them. But, yeah, like maybe they should change it a little bit, but again, you know, you know, maybe you make it into groups of four or something like that. Maybe that would make it a little bit better. Um, I know you're taking away less games, but you can have like the top two teams, you know, going into like a quarterfinals or something like that. Maybe that would make it a little bit more exciting. But yeah, like I feel like with the league, the longer the league goes on, like you've seen last weekend, a lot of dead rubbers, a lot of games that didn't really mean anything. Um. So yeah, like I, I think that's that's the nature of it, and I definitely think maybe they should look at changing it in the next couple of years. They definitely should, yeah. But uh, hopefully these two semi-finals here will give us an indicator of what to expect in the Lee McCarthy Cup. Starting off with a game at Park and Cueve at quarter past seven on Saturday evening against Live and TG Carr between Cork and Kilkenny. Like um, this should be an interesting game. Kilkenny have performed pretty well since that brilliant performance against Dublin. They then go on to beat Watford, but uh, Cork, other than the Wexford game, which to be honest was a dead rubber. They've performed well enough so far, but is there an argument that Cork haven't really been tested as of yet? 
Yeah, I think you could argue the case. Obviously, that game against Wexford last weekend was probably a, a nothing game, really. There was there was nothing really on the line there with both two sides already going to the semi-finals. So, um, yeah, maybe they haven't. And Kilkenny, like, they're it's one of them things. Like, they're motoring really, really well. Like, they don't have – they haven't obviously had TJ Reid back. They only bought, brought on Cody and some of the other lads back for the last game, um, like Adrian Mullen and whatnot. So, they've definitely shown – a. Like a, they've, they've, they've a big squad, like with James Marr, James Bergen, these lads, so many options all across um, the pitch. Even I think as a Mark Kenny, I think he was in midfield, who had a really good game as well. So, um, yeah, like I feel like Kilkenny are in that bracket of teams that could stop Limerick, last team to beat Limerick in the championship as well. So, um, yeah, I think I, th- I think Kilkenny, it's a tough one to call really with, with these games because I think Cork, the way they play and that sort of attack and style, could cause a couple of problems for Kilkenny, but I don't know. I have a sneaky feeling Kilkenny might pull this one off. It's a very interesting game, right? But um, yeah, it's interesting with Kilkenny, all the Bally Hale players coming back into the team. They've kind of improved to Kilkenny team as they go on. So um, with all these young players coming in, Brian Cole is still the manager, of course. Like you mentioned, they're probably the nearest team to Limerick. Would you not argue someone like Watford or Cork are better than Kilkenny or the games against Dublin and Watford? an indicator of what Kilkenny can achieve. Yeah, like it, I think between Waterford, Cork and Kilkenny, I don't think there's much really between them. And I'd put, I'd still put Galway in that uh, that bracket as well. I think between them four, um, there's really not a lot between them. You know, I think on any given day, a lot of them, a lot of those counties could could beat each other. And I think you've seen that in recent results in the last couple of years. Um, I think with Kilkenny, Maybe they don't have like the, that sort of strength. Maybe the teams like Cork and Waterford have. Maybe they're not as good defensively um, as what they once were. And they've obviously been in transition a little bit with players retiring and having to switch things up. And um, Brian Cody's obviously you know changed up tactics a little bit to make them a bit more of a you know modern hurling team. And um, whereas Cork and Waterford have probably already been doing that in the years kind of leading up to it. So. Yeah, Cork and Waterford probably a little bit ahead of Kilkenny, but I think in that bracket, you know, there is that kind of bracket of teams underneath Limerick, um, and I would probably put Kilkenny in that mix. And, you know, as Brian Cody's shown, even with TJ Reid on Cody, these lads missing throughout the league, they just have a lot of options. Um, like Porrock Walsh has looked very good as well this year, and David Blanchfield, these lads. So they have a lot of options, and if Brian Cody can connect them all together, Kilkenny could definitely be a, a team, but I wouldn't think they'd win the All Ireland this year, but you know, I think a semi-final, another semi-final appearance, maybe a final appearance, is definitely in order. The interesting thing about Cork actually is because um, a lot of people on social media, a lot of Cork fans, not myself by the way, I like to stress this, are saying we've won hand in the Liam McCarthy Cup. I don't think so myself. I just think we're still a bit behind Limerick at the moment. But what do you think? Do you think Cork are closer to Limerick than in the last few years or so, or do you think? There's still a lot of work to do. I, th- I think the main kind of point to that really is Limerick and, and what level they're at. Have they dropped off from last year? Obviously, they've looked, they haven't looked great in the league. They lost three games and um, or lost four games and then obviously got beat by, uh, or lost three games, drew one, then lost to Offaly. Um, the question is, what level are, are they at? Because if, if they're still at that same level as last year and you would have to feel that they still are because last year in the league they were quite poor and then they kicked into gear as the championship went on. Um, and I feel like in the round robin you'll see something similar as, the, as it goes on. They'll, they'll click more into gear and they'll do enough to get into a Munster final and then win that and go from there. So I feel like if there is a drop-off maybe with Limerick, maybe, you know, potentially 
maybe then uh, you know Cork could really feel like they have a, a big big chance but um, like they have a young enough team obviously with new players coming in there like Alan Connolly and these lads and you know Patrick Corgan's probably one of the best hurlers in the country um, and obviously you've a whole host of options and Owen Cadigan and um, you know uh, Shane Kingston as well so you have a whole host of players there good players coming through um, and I think I wouldn't say that like one hand on the Lee McCarthy's definitely a bit premature, like, but they're motoring well. And as I said, if Limerick do slip up, I think Cork could be one of those teams that could catch them. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Cork develop in the weeks and uh, months ahead. But you'll be back in Kilkenny to win this game despite just being in uh, the Rebel County. I think so. Yeah, I think Kilkenny are just going pretty well. Um, you know, I know Cork at home are kind of a different animal at times. and they'll be up for it and all the rest. But I just think when you look at how Kilkenny have played throughout the league so far, they've been very impressive. And um, with Owen Cody coming back in there as well, maybe a TJ Reid. Yeah, I just fancy Kilkenny maybe narrowly. Yeah, it's going to be a difficult game. I probably, I know I don't back Cork for the other one, but I think Cork should be good enough to win this game. It's on a parky Keeve. Like, it's home advantage. The Cork road will get behind the team. So that's, Going to be an advantage for them, but we'll have to see on Saturday night on TG Car. Um, the next game in the semi-finals is Wexford and Watford. It's on at 3.45 at TG Car. Like, um, this should be an interesting game as well. Limerick, have, or I mean, Wexford, excuse me, have won five games out of five. Watford losing to Kilkenny last week could be a bit of a downer on them. Like, uh, this could be a game to see where Wexford are really at. Yeah, it definitely could. It's it's an interesting one with Wexford, all right. Like five wins from five, and um, they've done very very well this year. They really have. You have to give them the the credit that, that they deserve because after the um the, the final against Dublin and um, the preseason competition final, you were a little bit worried for them. Then they looked a little bit all over the place. And I feel like with Wexford, they've added. You know, they're very good defensively. I know they were good defensively at times of the day. Be fits obviously with the way they played, but. I feel like they've just added that bit of steel to them. They've got that bit of bite. You know, they're going in for heavy challenges. They're up for games. The crowd are getting behind them. You're seeing Rory O'Connor, Jack O'Connor deliver, Lee Chin as well, some of these lads. So I think Wexford are looking very, very good, to be fair. Um, and for five wins for five, and obviously Lee Chin has had his injury problems and been in and out. So, yeah, I think going up against a Waterford team that, um, you know, probably haven't been at their best throughout the league as well. They're kind of in a similar bracket, I think, to Kilkenny as well where they haven't had their best team available. And you've seen, obviously, Desi Hutchinson come back in against Kilkenny. So, um, yeah, it'd be a tough one, but I think maybe this could be a bit of a reality check for Wexford, and I think maybe Waterford might take this one. It's going to be actually a very interesting game because um, Waterford, you say, haven't performed the league, but without the Ballygunner lads before the game against Kilkenny, they actually had 20 different scores or something like that. So, like, like that'll be key for them going forward as well, having so many players contributing to them scoring despite playing poorly enough. I think so. Like, and there's so much in attack, like with Stephen Bennett and, you know, you've Jamie Barron in midfield and just so much great hurlers all across the board and in Waterford, young lads coming through, young players coming through. And yeah, like even that Ballygunner win in the All-Ireland Club Senior Hurling Championship could stand to a lot of those Waterford lads as well. Um and they're definitely one of those teams, again, that I think could could be very close to Limerick. I'd probably put Waterford slightly ahead of Kilkenny and Cork at this moment in time, given that Waterford have been, um, when you've looked at them versus Limerick, they've been very competitive uh, in, in their games. Whereas Lim- I know Kilkenny beat Limerick in 2019, but 
it's probably it's it's a while away now, like three years. So, um, so yeah, no, I think Waterford are looking very very good, even despite um some of you know maybe some little kind of bad performances here and there. But um, I think for Liam Cahill, like his big focus will obviously be on the championship, but you know, and they'll want to try win a Munster title and obviously end that all Ireland drought because ultimately that's what they'll be judged on. It's hard to imagine as well Warford having won a Munster title since 2010. Like it's very hard to imagine that considering there were three all Ireland finals, but um, they need to win one this year, definitely. But um, who would you be backing in this game to win at Nola Park, Wexford or Warford? A reality check maybe for Wexford in this? Yeah, I just think Warford might just have a little bit more here. Um, I know Wexford have been brilliant so far and they've showed a tremendous amount of fight and um, defensively they've looked very good at times as well but just think Waterford just a little bit more within them maybe it would have been a league semi-final as you said sometimes in the league you kind of take these results with a pinch of salt because you don't really know you know sometimes teams you don't do well in the league go on to do well in the championship vice versa last year was the perfect example of that which is why you can never get too carried away with the results um, even though Wexford have done very very well so I, I just think Waterford maybe will just have a bit more I think they have more skill up top with Desi Hutchinson, uh, Stephen Bennett, uh, Austin Gleeson, these lads. I think they just have a bit more power in their team around the middle. So, yeah, I think Waterford, maybe by three points. I probably have to back Waterford as well, despite Wexford winning five games in a row. Like, you'd expect what this Waterford team to explode into life. Considering the Ballygunner lads are going to come back, it should be a very interesting weekend of Allianz semi-final action. Uh, two games we'll go through briefly. The relegation playoff in Division 1 between Offaly and Antrim. Awfully, you expected them to be in this situation anyway, considering the team's in us. But for Antrim, like a good season last year, and now if they lose this game, that good work could be going down the drain. Yeah, and like you look at Antrim, like a lot of their games have been quite close. Like um, against Kilkenny, like it was only a, a penalty in it. I remember that they went down to it. They could have drew that game uh, and nearly taken themselves out of the uh, relegation uh, scenario completely. Um, against Dublin, even in the first half, they were very good. I remember we're in front, they were using the wind very well, or they were playing against the wind in the first half and we're leading, I think, by five or six points. So it's a weird one with Antrim. Like, you look at Offaly's results and there's been some real hammerings in there, some real batterings. But like Antrim, a lot of their games have been close. Like, I know they got absolutely trashed by Tipperary on the final day, but generally speaking, a lot of their games have been quite close. So it's a hard one to know, really, what Antrim, um, they just stopped. They, it looks like they've kind of lost their confidence a little bit since that league last year. They're, you know, they haven't won a game in quite a long time, but they're playing an awfully team that I think, you know, it's a really hard one to call because we don't really know what level these two teams are at because of how convincingly they've been beat. But I think when you look at what Antrim have sort of done in the last couple of years, I think they're they're a little bit ahead of Offaly. Um, but I think it would be a big statement for Offaly to send them back down as well at the same time. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a very hard one to call really, but... I think Antrim are a better team, so I'd probably go with them narrowly. And it's interesting, you mentioned shadow boxing a small bit in the football a few minutes ago as well. And considering both of these two sides are at the Joe McDonough Cup this year, like, like what was think is more important, staying in Division 1 or potentially going up to the Liam McCarthy next season? Because um, both of these sides have a bit of dilemma on their hands. Yeah, it's, it's a hard one to know, really. I mean, I think both are very important, really. Um, you know, I think ultimately, obviously, it's about the championship, really. So I think maybe, you know, in my point of view, anyway, I'd, like if it was me, I'd probably be more focused on the Joe McDonough. But 
you know, I, I think momentum is key, really. So I think this game right now is the, mo- is, is the most important. Um, and you want to build momentum going into Joe McDonough. I think for Antrim, if they were to lose this, going into the Joe McDonough Cup, um, you know, not having won a game now since, you know, last year, really, in the league. You know, you're going, you're going back quite a while, um, you know, probably since the Clare win, really. So, it, you know, it's a long, long time away. Or, or they beat Leash in the league last year. So a long time away since they've they've won games. So I think just winning a game is most important, and just looking at what's in, what's in front of them. And overall, you'd be backing Antrim to steal the division and sending off the back down at the first attempt. Yeah, I think so. I think I think Antrim just have a bit more experience playing against the top teams than than Offaly. Um, I know I know like Antrim were pro- Offaly maybe might be a little bit more confident. I know Offaly didn't win a, a game either. Um, but just think Antrim are a little bit ahead, a little bit more skilled, a little bit more players in there. They've obviously got one of the best hurlers in the country, Neil McManus, who, you know, at this level of hurling, you know, can dominate a game and be the best hurler on the pitch. So yeah, I think Antrim maybe by three points. Yeah, this should be a very interesting game. Uh, I'll probably back Antrim myself as well, sent awfully back down. And that game is live on the TG Car YouTube channel at 3 o'clock in Park Talton on Saturday. And uh, one more game to go through. Westmead against Kerry's Division 2A. The winners of this play down and the winners of that game after that go up to Division 1. So it's a big game for these two teams. Absolutely, yeah. Like, and I mean, I suppose a word on down, first of all. Like, what a tremendous year for, for them. Like, I mean, the fact that they could be heading back up to Division 1 Hurling, I think for the first time since 2007 or something like that, is a huge, huge achievement for Down and, and and huge progress and probably hasn't been spoken enough about on Allianz League Sunday or whatever. I think it's a huge achievement and obviously they await the winners of this game. Um, it's a hard one, really. haven't seen too much of, of either of these two, but I think Westmead, you would have been expecting them maybe to be a bit more consistent. They've, they've had a few inconsistent results in there. Kerry maybe the same two teams that are obviously very familiar with each other. Westmead probably have the the slightly better record. Um, so I'd probably fancy Westmead, you know, a, a little bit with Killy and Doyle, Kieran Doyle, these lads, um, Davy Glenn, and I think maybe they'll just narrowly do it. But it's one of them that's a tough one, and and with these kind of lower divisions and hurling, um, you know, as we very well know, we don't get any any coverage and any mention at all, really. So it's it's a hard one to know, but. Um, looking at you know previous results, looking at form as well, I'd say maybe Westmead narrowly. Yeah, it should be a very tough game to call at one o'clock on Saturday. I'd probably back Westmead as well. Obviously, I'd love to carry to do well in hurling, gives them something else to concentrate on. But uh, they were lucky against Down last week at Fairless. It'll be an interesting game there. I'd probably back Westmead though to get the victory and play Down next week. Uh, I suppose we'll leave it there, Aaron. Thanks for previewing the football and the hurling this weekend. Uh, Wish you the best of luck for Dublin on Sunday. See, hope they can survive against Monaghan. Like, should be a very interesting weekend. Yeah, no, bother. Cheers very much, Matthew, for having me on. And um, yeah, same to yourself. Best of luck with Cork going up against the, the mighty Offaly. Massive thank you to Aaron for coming on to the podcast once again. And thank you for listening to me. Thank you to Fortune Favors for sponsoring the show. And until next time, I'll see you all then and take care.